Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm glad you've joined us today. I would hope that you would grab your Bibles and something to write with and follow along. This is just a, a formal Bible study. Although we might break out and preach every once in a while, we're really our aim, and I believe the Lord's will is to just teach His Word on these Friday morning broadcasts. And, and uh, wherever you're at, maybe you're at work and you just got, you've just got the earplugs in, the, the, whatever you call them, and, and uh, I pray that you'd listen today, for I know the Lord wants to teach us His Word for uh, he'll tell us some things, and then he will expect us to believe him and let those things become a reality and an experience of our life. For our faith that we live by comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the Word of God is the most valuable commodity that we have on the planet. It's not your husband, your wife, your kids. It's not your health. It's the Word of God. That's the most precious gift that we have because it reveals Jesus to us, what He accomplished for us at Calvary. And then, as our faith stands in the Lamb of God and what He accomplished, then the Word of God written can become our, our light for the path God has uh, laid before us to run this race and to experience the blessings and the benefits that Jesus died for us to be able to have. But they don't just naturally happen. They come as we hear the Word of God. God and we live by faith that comes from our believing the word of God. Hearing, uh, faith does not come by my natural hearing, it comes by my heart's hearing, my inner man, my who I am on the inside. I, I hear with my inner man ear and that means faith comes when I believe the word of God to the point of going that direction. And so I encourage you to, to get serious about the things of the Lord in your life instead of just a, another broadcast, another church service, just another uh, daily uh, Bible reading. But get serious, your relationship with the Lord. Get serious about that. Hearing from the Lord today, He has daily bread for you, and it'll come right out of His Word. It'll point you right to Jesus and what He did at Calvary, and He will bless you through that. Praise God. Uh, I got a couple of things I want to offer today, and one of them is our latest uh, series, CD series, Jesus, Our Bread of Life. It's, uh, I don't know, let me see, it's probably seven or eight, uh, it is uh, eight CDs in there, $25 for that to help the ministry, as well as our book that we wrote, All God's Works Are Done in Truth. I know I'm not some superstar, big name preacher, but I promise you, you won't spend a much better $15 anywhere on the planet than on something that refers you to the Word and brings clarity to God's Word, brings out the truth of God's Word written for you. And, and I can guarantee if you're hungry for the truth, you want to please God and live for God, learn how to do that, then this little book will help you do that because it points to God's Word in truth, what God's word means, and we need to be taught that, amen, I'm glad that men showed up and began to teach me the word of God in truth, and praise the Lord. One more thing before we dig in this morning, and that is, beginning in September, the Lord has opened up a great and effectual door for us to carry this gospel into the Naga City, the Bacol region over in the nation of the Philippines, and that, that opportunity is a $900 opportunity a month. So uh, I'm asking you uh, to hit the donate button to help this ministry, this gospel that we preach here to go into the Philippines. I'm not talking about some milk down reading the Bible. I'm talking about the preaching of the message of the cross, the word of God in truth going into the nation of the Philippines 
and it's going to cost $900 a month. I'm asking for your help. God sees you right where you are, and I believe he's going to stir many hearts to help us get that in there. Praise God. Hallelujah. So guess where we are this morning? Chapter 6. Finally made it to chapter 6 in the book of Ephesians. Uh, it's been a, a great teaching in the first five chapters. Today is August the 18th. Today's the 41st session, 41 weeks counting today. We've gathered. We started last October the 7th uh, teaching the book of Ephesians. So it's going to be a great study to go back and listen to. And maybe one day we can get a commentary, a study guide rather, written for this series that we've done and make it available for you to follow along with the CDs and work in the workbook so you can apply yourself to studying the Word of God. And if you want to sow to the ministry, there's the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or the natural, the physical address is 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. Praise the Lord. Let's ask the Lord this morning to help us uh, to hear what he has to say to us today because we surely know he's going to speak to us today for our benefit. Amen. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we can share together with your word, God, with you, with your people, looking into the word of God that you wrote not only for those that lived in that day, but Lord, for us today. For your word is to all that will believe and we believe your word is true. We believe your word is for us. We believe your word will give us the light we need to walk in this great uh, victory you've provided through Christ. We believe that your word will give us the wisdom to make the right decisions, Lord. And, and, and your word will teach us how to walk under the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that we can experience victory after victory. And we're asking for you to reveal your son Jesus a little greater to us today. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, Ephesians chapter 6, and before I just blast off into verse 1, I want to recap just for a second because what Paul is doing here in chapters 5 and a portion of chapter 6, he's talking to the families. And they're not just any families, they're Christian families. These letters were written to saved people, not to the world out there. The world just can't go buy a Bible and start living according to the, to the Word of God without being born again. You have to be born again and get spirit-filled to be able to find the fullness of what God's Word is offering, His direction, His instruction. And it's not an option. God's words are commands. And we need to understand that. God doesn't just say, well, Curtis, uh, would you like to go this way or this way? God never has done that to any human being. He's always shown up and said, you will go this way. You will do this. There are no options. There are no decisions we have to make except, will I do what God is telling me to do? And let me just remind us this morning, the reason God tells us what to do is not so he can just bless God, be God, and us realize he's God. Although that happens, everything God tells us to do in the Word, if we will obey, comes with a, a, just a mass 
load of benefits and blessings that are only found as we live by faith, which means obedient to God's Word. You cannot separate faith and obedience. They are joined. You can't separate them. Your faith is not real if it's not causing obedience to God's Word. Amen. You, you can say you've got faith and be living in disobedience. And you'll be saying, I'm, man, I've got faith, although you can't see it in my, in my life. And you know, the Bible, James said, listen, you say you got faith, but I don't see it. I'll show you my faith by the way I live. Amen. I, we need to straighten that out just for a second. Uh, people who are doing what I do, exact same thing, doesn't mean they're living by faith. They could just be mocking, following me, doing what I do, thinking that's getting them something. That don't mean that faith is real for them. But if faith is right, faith is real, faith always works, and that means it always produces obedience in our lives. The Bible says, I believe it's in Romans chapter 1, verse 4 or 5, tells us that we have received grace for obedience to the faith. We don't need to forget that. If we have faith, doesn't mean we don't stumble, doesn't mean we don't trip up and stagger around, but it means if we have faith, true faith, in what Christ did at Calvary, and our faith is in what God says, the Holy Spirit, He will give us that grace. He will work in our lives, and we'll be found walking in a place of obedience. Amen. So you cannot separate faith and obedience. You know what Romans 6 teaches, and I don't want to get too far away from where we're going today, but Romans 6 teaches that when you applied faith to what Jesus did for you at Calvary, God called you obedient before you did anything. And you begin to live for the Lord. There was a hunger, a zeal, a fire of God in your heart. That's where we get the phrase, he's on fire for God. Because his faith was placed in the sacrifice, the fire of God falls on his heart. He begins to live for God. Hungry to be in church. Hungry to find out what God says and how to live. Because the instructions for, is that, for that is right here in the word. Amen. So true faith always produces works. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit through us, praise God. So we need to pay attention. We need to look to God for the answer and not just a preacher, not just somebody else. We need to look to God himself for the answer. There's flaws in all of us, but there is no flaws in the Word of God. Praise God. So what Paul's doing here in this segment of scriptures in chapters 5 and and the first portion of chapter 6, he's talking to the families that are born again, they're saved, moms and dads, this is the way you're to live as husband and wife before your children, before everyone. This is children, sons, daughters, this is the way you're to treat your parents. He's not talking, let me say it again, he's not talking to lost people because lost people just can't get it even if they buy a Bible and try to do it, it won't work for them because they're not born again. Until you're born again and you have have the Spirit of God who then can draw you to the Scriptures, teach you the Scriptures, enable you to live according to the Scriptures. 
It won't happen without that born-again experience, praise God. I know what it's like to even be a Christian and in the Word, and it ain't working for me because my faith was not right. My faith has to be anchored in the cross, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, praise God. I'm glad I've learned that. So in, he moves from marriage. He moves from telling the husbands what they need to do, wives what they need to do, uh, and, it's, and he always he related it to Christ's relationship with the church. Paul never just said, husband, you're to do this. Wife, you're to do this. He always related it to the relationship between, between Christ and the church. Because if we're not relating what we're teaching to Christ, it's just a bunch of do's and don'ts, and we can't do any do's or any don'ts. Amen. If, if, if our faith is anchored in Christ, then the Holy Spirit can cause me, empower me, enable me to love my wife as Christ loved the church, enable my wife to submit to me as her only husband, and then we submit to each other, praise God. And the marriage can be what God's called it to be, but without Christ, it's just a bunch of you do this and I'll do that and vice versa. It never works. Even if they stay married 40 years, they're not happy and they're just putting on a big front when they go to church or out in public. Some of them can't even put it on there. <laughs> I see, I've seen some people act in church uh, I talk to each other in a way I get home and I tell my wife, Robin, my Lord, if they talk to each other like that in church, just think about what goes on at home. But if you let Jesus in that marriage, even if you think you got a good one right now, it ain't nothing compared to what it will be when you let Jesus run that marriage. And in chapter 6, he just, he leaves the husband and the wife situation and he, and he, and he, as far as the marriage goes, and he moves right on in, brings the children involved, because how many of you know your children are a part of the family too? It's not just mom and dad, it's children. And the thing about moms and dads, when a baby's born, God don't just drop in our heart all of a sudden. Now I just know everything there is about raising children. No, I've got the Word of God. I can go get me a Bible. I can study the Word of God as God has told me to do. And every time there's a situation, God will have the answer for it. Because I won't. You know, when you have kids, they don't come with a book like when you buy a bicycle or a computer. They, they just show up and it's like, uh-oh, you know, your first child, you, you hold that child and it's so precious. And then you get home and it's like, uh-oh, it's a whole new situation. This is somebody we got to watch every second. And you're like, man, you're blown away at that first child. But the children are a part of our family. They're a huge part because they're the ones that are going to go on and live like they watched us live. And so we're responsible for our lineage behind us. Our children, our grandchildren, and they don't do what you tell them to do. They do what they see you do. So, it, so it's no good to tell your children what to do if you can't do it your own self. Amen. So the importance of having our faith as moms and dads, husbands and wives in the cross is of utmost importance because unless our faith is there, we'll just go through that same cycle of grandma and grandpa went to church, but they just really didn't have what was viewable as a godly thing. You know, oh yeah, they read the Bible and they went to church, but man, they just fought like cats and dogs and man, they, they had all these, all these issues and just blatant, I mean, sins that everybody knew about. No, you don't have to stay in 
that, God wants to break you out of that cycle and start all over with you and your family so that everything behind you and your family won't have to be caught up in that. Praise God. So he gets right into verse 1, chapter 6, and he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, this is not an option. I know children right now who are just rebellious. But, but you have to understand, in God's Word, and I didn't put this in my notes, but I should have, the, the Bible teaches that if we train our children up in the way they should go, God's promise they won't depart from that. And I've had so many mothers, and mainly mothers, come to me through the years and say, I don't know what's wrong with my kids. I don't know why they're acting like this, gone, gone out like this. You know, God promised me if I'd raise my children up, train them in the way they should go, they wouldn't, be, they wouldn't have gone out and turned out like they have. And I had them in church every week of every Sunday of their lives. And I just have to, you know, with a serious mindset toward them, tell them, ma'am, the way is not church. The way is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. And this is so important why if we don't, if we, listen, every community that's got a church preaching the cross in it, and the kids are still out there in the ping pong and the pool table and the social boyfriend and girlfriend thing and the little real popular church groups on Wednesday night, that's why they just stay in that same boat, mom and daddy. That's why they just keep the same phrases. Oh, you'll have to pay for your raising with that one. Well, we went through it. They'll have to go through it. It's a bunch of hogwash. God has planted churches all across America, little storefronts, little buildings, little places, churches where people can come, learn the Word of God in truth where their kids don't have to follow and do the same stupid things they did. Praise God. I, an elder in church, an elder, I ain't talking about elder in age, I'm talking about a leadership position, an elder in church years ago told me that his son was smoking dope and he really couldn't say anything to him about it because he used to smoke dope also. And I had to tell him, I said, man, if you would have jumped off a building and broke your neck, would you let him do that too? I said, no, we go through things, and I, God forbid, I mean, we did, and we're sorry and ashamed of what we did, but when our kids start going that direction, we should have learned from that. We should have drawn closer to the Lord, and we should have the truth by now to teach our children, train them up in the way they should go, because apparently we didn't go that way. Amen. I mean, you know what the Lord told me a few months ago? He said, the reason grandparents... On the most part, I'm not talking about certain situations, but the reason mo uh, grandparents, most grandparents that are raising grandkids are doing it is because they didn't raise their own kids to begin with. So now they're having to raise their grandkids because they didn't raise their kids right and they didn't know how to raise their kids, so now you're getting another shot at it. Boy, quiet up in here this morning. I see the paint moving. Amen. Train your children up in the way they should go, and you won't have to do it for their grandchildren, for your grandchildren. Then they will know how to have a marriage and a family, and they'll know. And I know I got all kind of excuses flying in, you know. Well, uh, even the good families have bad kids. I don't see that. I don't see that in the Word of God. I, I, yeah, I see old Eli had a bad kid, but Eli wasn't all that good himself. 
Eli ignored some situations that he should have taken care of, and he didn't, so therefore he had kids. Listen, if you walk in the truth and train your children up in the way they should go, which means faith in the cross, God says they won't depart from it, and he's not a liar. Amen. So here he's talking about children obey your parents in the Lord. Now, all children have to obey their parents. It don't matter if it's in the Lord or not. you got to obey your parents if you're living in that house or all hell's going to break out on you. But again, this is talking to Christian families. So this lets me know that parents should be teaching their children what it means to be in the Lord. What it means to walk in Christ, to live in the Lord. Amen. The Word of God, according to the Lord of glory and what He did at Calvary. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And we know Psalms 34 says, for the Word of the Lord is what? It's right. And all His works are done in truth. So that means if I'm going to live in this certain way, which is called in the faith, walking in truth, it's the only way that I'll be able to or the only way my children will have an opportunity to obey me in the Lord. You understand that? If my children are going to be able to obey me in the Lord, that means I'm going to have to be teaching them about the Lord and not just making excuses for everything everybody else is doing. Well, you know the preacher's kids do that, so it must be okay. No, if it's contrary to what the Word of God says, I don't care if the preacher himself is doing it, it's wrong. Amen. You've heard the old saying for years, Oh, you heard about them preacher's kids. We've heard about preacher's kids. They're the worst kind. Oh, yes. And you know what? That still goes as far as out there in that mess that's going on out there. But those who come into the faith, walking in the truth, learning the Word of God in truth, then that does not go for us. All those sayings the church has, the worldly church out there, that don't go for us. We can teach our children in the right way, and they will be able to have an opportunity to obey us in the Lord. Amen. And I know it's a sad situation, and all we can do now is pray for our children. If, we, if, if the Lord didn't get a hold of us, or we didn't, I shouldn't put it that way, if we ran from the Lord and rejected Him until our latter years and our kids were half grown, or they were grown, it will be more difficult. Because if you train them up in the way they should go, the promise is that they won't depart from it. But if you've not done that, if you've waited till they're grown or almost grown, all you can do now is put the truth out there. And now it's not so much they have to do what you say anymore like they did when you had the opportunity to train. See, you are the trainer as parents. If God's usher, if he's giving you the truth and you're walking in the truth, they're watching you, mom and dad. They see that you believe what you're teaching and you have a heart for God and a heart for them. And you love them. They know that even when you discipline them with a rod. They know that you're doing it because you love them because you're training them up in the Lord. Amen. That's why we, I mean, we, don't, we don't go buy movies at the movie store, something they can watch before uh, uh, they go to, you know, they, we can all watch together, but then when they go to bed, we've got our own movies to watch because they can't watch what we, that's not training your children up in the way they should go because you're not walking in the way you should go. If you're not the example, 
And kids know what you're doing after they go to bed. I used to lay in the bed when I was a little boy and listen to my mom and dad talking. They're trying to hear. I want to know what's going on in there after I go to bed. They're doing it today too. Because they really, kids are looking for stability. They, that's why it tears a child's heart out of them when mom and dad split and they get divorced. That just rips a child's heart apart. And that's not being trained up in the way they should go. That's not a part of the plan. But raising a child up, training a child up in the way they should go, giving them an opportunity to obey us in the Lord will keep that heart stable. They will grow up. You know, we got all kind of bad sayings in the church. Well, you know, you got to let them go out and try this and try that so, they, so you know, when the time comes, they'll, they'll know to stand against it. That's not true. Do we bring heroin in the house and give them a little shot of heroin so when they go out they'll know what that is and they won't want any part? No, that's stupidity. We're to train them up in, in the way. That means the Word of God in the context of the man who said, I am the way and went to the cross so he could become our way through that to our Father to get everything I need as a daddy, a husband, a mother, a wife so that I can train my children up in the way I'm walking in and then they can be obedient to us in the Lord because God says, this is right. This is right. Amen. In, in America, really, there's so much rebellion in the hearts of kids, but it's, it's not really just all their fault. It's because there's rebellion in the hearts of mom and dad. I said years ago, preaching, walking on, down on the floor, I'd moved away from the pulpit, and there was an elder in our church on the front row, and her kids, my Lord, her kids, uh, it was horrible. And this is not even the family that had the son smoking dope. We had some problems. And uh, when I said, if the devil gets your kids, he's going to come right through you to get them, Mom and Dad. That woman growled at me like a dog in a kennel. You hear me? I'm not making it up. She growled like a dog in a kennel at me. But, it, but, but it's reality. If my kids get carried away by the devil, it's because I have already been influenced by the enemy and I was not walking in the way I should go. Amen. And you got, you got to let this thing go that says, well, the Lord knows my intentions. He knows my heart. Listen, if there's not a reality of the experience of obedience to God's Word, your kids see that. Your kids see that. Well, mom and dad never did. You know, I'm okay then if, you know, if mom and dad never did. Parents are a powerful influence on their kids. They're the most powerful influence a kid has got. His parents are the guardians over that child. This man told me one time, he said, you might as well quit trying to tell me that stuff you believe about Jesus and the cross and all that stuff. He said, because my daddy was a Mormon, he died a Mormon, and I'm going to die a Mormon. And I said, well, then you're going to die lost. Parents have the greatest influence over a life of a child because that's the first ones we see. That's the ones we're born to. We're there. They, they're there feeding us and clothing us. And, and we watch them. We learn from them. Whether, you know, it's like the, the young man who's got a daddy that's a drunk and he just can't, he, he wastes the money on alcohol and he swears, I'll never be like him. 
and he becomes just like him. He can't even control it even though he hates him. He hates the way he is. He swears, I'll never do that. Your willpower has no influence, no power. It is nothing but verbal words and 90% of those people become who their father was. Because that's what they look at. That's what they see. It's in them. They watch their father slap their mother across the room. And they even attack their father for doing it. But then years later when they're married, they slap their wife across the room. Because they've watched it and that's who they've become without Christ. And even Christian families are like that. Because they don't care enough about the Lord to get in the Word and to follow His instructions. So children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That means our children are being trained up in the way they should go as we declare the Word of God in truth to them, teach them. You know, that's why churches really have Sunday school and children's classes. They're, they should be teaching their children the stories of the Old Testament and how they relate to Jesus and what He did on Calvary. Not just, you know, no kid should ever come home after church and the parents say, well, what'd you learn in Sunday school today? And they just tell the little, the little milky side of the story about how Noah built the ark and God brought all the animals in and, and only eight people and God flooded everybody else died on the earth and that's the end of the story no they should say and you know mom what that really means that pointed to what Jesus would do and he's really our ark today we've got to get into Christ yes kids can understand that don't say they can't understand that kids can understand that if they can be saved they can have the revelation of the scriptures and the one they're about his name is Jesus Amen. So this is teaching our children all the stories in the Bible, how they relate to Jesus. Not our denomination, not our church, not our preacher. And that's just what we do here. No, it's all about Jesus. He is the way. And if we're going to train him up in the way they should go, then they're going to have to watch us walk in the way that we should be going. I'm not talking about perfection here. I'm talking about faith and obedience and, and, and according to what God has said, praise God. And God says this is right because this is right. If you obey your parents' children, and I know some of you are going to make your kids watch this, and you should. Children, if you obey your parents, God says that is right. It's not going to be easy to obey your parents. We all know that because we're all born in rebellion. We're all born in the flesh, sinners separated from God. Somebody tells us to do this. That's the first thing we don't want to do. Somebody tells us to clean the room. Oh, all of a sudden, now we just have a hatred for the broom and the dust rag. Somebody tells us to go clean out our room. All of a sudden this thing rises up in us. Why do I have to clean out my room? And just, you know what I'm talking about. We don't want to do anything we're told to do. But God says if you will, it's right. And he says, watch this, honor your father and mother. And the word honor means evaluate and revere as a prize. And I hope you do go and look these words up. I know some of you will. Uh, To honor something means you revere it as a prize. I want you to know, kids, children... Sons and daughters, uh, whoever it is that you're living with that's raising you up, whether it's mom and dad, whether it's grandfather, grandmother, you need to revere them as a prize. You need to evaluate what you really have. I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about Christians. 
moms, dads, grandparents living for the Lord, walking in the truth. And listen, i got to say this this morning. I'm not talking about just folks that go to church. I'm talking about folks who are living for the Lord. Their faith remains in the cross of Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit is upon them, enabling them to live this life called Christianity. It's more than a church service on Sunday and a youth group on Wednesday night. It is a daily relationship with Jesus. This is who this letter is to. Amen. It says to the church in Ephesus. Why don't we back up? We hadn't done that in a while. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1. So we'll remind ourselves who this letter is to. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, I'm writing to you, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. To the faithful in Christ Jesus. There were people in Ephesus who heard this letter read and just went on about their imagining the meatloaf they were going to cook when they got home. But there were some who were the faithful in Christ Jesus who took the letter right here we're reading that God gave Paul and they went home and they began to establish their families according to the Word of God. I'll never forget in 1994 when I came home from work having heard the gospel in its simplest form in the middle of the day long-haired hippie earrings hanging out of my ear drugs in my pants tattoos on my body just out there and having had been saved before and now living carried off because I didn't know how to live in the truth so I was carried away and the gospel came and the Lord just approached me and asked me if you believe the gospel why are you living like you your living convicted me and I surrendered right there on the spot. I went home and with a Bible, I didn't have a Bible at work because I was just wasn't reading the Bible. But I went home and I found a Bible and I walked it into the living room of my home and I laid it on the coffee table and I told my wife Robin, I said from this day forward we will live according to this book. I don't know what's in it but I know it's right. I, I, you know, And because I was a Christian even though backslidden when I, when I acknowledged the gospel again is being right and me being wrong then God moved in my heart and he began to tell me my My word is your way of living. And I took it home and I laid it on the coffee table. And I'll never forget laying that old hardback Bible on the coffee table and looking at my wife and she thought I had OD'd or got busted and now was trying to do something because because of something other than the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And I told her, we will live according to this book. And so we begin to dig in and study and research and learn things that I should have known 40 years ago. And that I just heard all these things that I thought and you thought and everybody else thought was just a bunch of vain imaginations and the truth was right here all the time. It's always been right here. We sit in break areas at work and listen to their opinion and I give mine and we leave with all just a bunch of confusion because nobody broke the Word of God out. We have a Bible. It is God's Word. It is God's truth. It's the only thing He honors. He won't honor your way, my thoughts, our plan. He'll only honor His truth, His Word. Amen? And my life was changed. My wife's life was changed. My other out 
Extended family began to be changed because God was able to change us. If you're willing just to start living according to God's Word with your faith anchored in the cross of Jesus Christ, you will be amazed at what God will, who He will reach through just your obedience. That's the way it works. Amen. So, He says, honor your father and mother. And He's really saying... You need to pay attention. You need to look and see what you've got here. And again, I have to keep saying this, we're talking about Christians. It's a good thing to have a mom and dad if you're saved or lost. But if you're saved, oh my goodness, if you've got Christian parents, man, you've got something you need to revere as a prize that God has given you. He's blessed you. My Andrew here recently, he's, he, 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 he's been, uh, he has friends and he learned some things about his friends parents and when he got home he said man mom dad he said man I just had no idea and see what he did the Lord showed him he gave him a greater appreciation for what he has he prizes me and his mother but it's not just me and his mother he prizes the victor the one that lives in us the one that has changed our lives the one who's leading us to love him leading us to teach him train him up in the way he should go he prizes that a little bit more now because he himself is learning the truth he himself sees oh my goodness you know because kids the way they're raised they just think that's in every house whether it's horrible They're just raised in horror. And they go to school, they think everybody's living that way. Or whether they're raised up in in, in this way, in the Christian home. They just think everybody's that way. Because they don't know any better. And then they spend the night with somebody and they come home and their hair sticking straight out and they go, Ah! You won't believe how they talk. You won't believe what they watch. You won't believe. And they don't think anything's wrong with it. And I say, son, because they're not saved. Or, they, if they are saved, they've lost their way. Because you can be saved and lose your way. We got people living in our community. Robin told me two or three, three, four years ago. You know, you've always got in your community these churches that have the big youth groups. And it's because the big, dignified folk that make big money, go to those places, and their kids all gather, and it's not to hear the word of the Lord. It's to play ping pong and pool and and volleyball and and to socialize among the opposite sexes. And and, and, and there's just horrible things that that go on in those places. And And I'm not saying that nothing good happens, but I'm saying predominantly it's just a big social bash. And and uh, y'all made me forget where I was going with that. So, <laughs> But anyway, they're not learning what they need to be learning. You can't just get up and read a chapter and say, let's pray. You have to be teaching the message of the cross. Well, I'll just teach the word, brother. And it's like a preacher out in Sims several years ago. They invited me to speak one early one morning to a men's meeting and I got up, used the word of God to point to Calvary. And when I left, a man told me this that was there the next day at work. He said, I just don't know what's wrong with our preacher. He said, after you left, that I don't know what all that was about. We just need to believe the word of God. See, that preacher had no idea about using God's word to point to the cross, to point to our redemption. And if they don't do that, if, 
then there's no way they're walking in the truth. There's no way their kids can be trained up in the way they should go. And in all reality, if, if I'm not walking in the truth as a, as a father, then my kids will not be able to honor me in the Lord unless they have their faith in the truth. And that can happen. Kids can have their faith right even though mom and dad don't. But if I'm not offering them the truth, teaching them the truth, they can only honor me in the Lord as it would be concerning them in the Lord, not mom and dad. You understand what I'm saying? As a, as a 10-year-old, 12-year-old son, my parents are uh, out there, got their faith and all this flaked out stuff, but I, all of a sudden, I tuned in one day to somebody on the radio or television teaching about the cross, and my faith is placed in the cross, and I know mom and dad's not getting it, and I've tried to tell them they just won't get it, but I've got it. I believe it as a child, and that can happen, and I pray God it's happening everywhere, that I, the child can get it, and he, because he's got truth, faith, then he can be obedient to his parents, him being in the Lord, walking in the Lord, even though they're not. Hope you understand that. Honor your father and mother, revere them as, as a gift from God, which is the first commandment that gives a promise with it. Wow. See, I, let me say it again this morning. God never gives a command that you don't get to benefit from it. God's not just up there throwing out commands because He's God and He wants everybody to know He's God, even though He wants us all to know He's God. But the way we come to know He's God, the Bible says it's His goodness that brings us to repentance. And when we repent, we experience the goodness of God, the blessings He has for us. So He says, honor your father and mother, which is the first Commandment, it's not an option. Commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now what does that mean? That it may be well with you. That means as mom and dad are living in the truth, it's obvious the hand of the Lord is on them. They're walking in the truth. They're growing in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you are obeying them. You are honoring them in the Lord. Then the benefits they're experiencing flow right into your life as well. Because, listen, God's teaching here, one of the ways a child benefits in this everything being well with them and able to have the promise of everything being well with them and living long life, it flows right through the parents teaching them what's right and us walking in that truth they're teaching us. We're being, as children, trained up in the way we should go and we're obeying and honoring our parents because of that. You got that. I hope you're getting that because without us obeying and honoring our parents... The promise don't benefit us. We have, and again, this is not to the world. This is to the church, the saved, spirit-filled believer who honors his parents, obeys his parents in the Lord because it's right, God says. It's wrong if you don't. So we don't like to think about the opposite side of the coin. But God, if God points something out and says this is right, that means if I don't do it, it's wrong. What I am doing is wrong. 
when I rebel against mom and dad trying to lead me in the right way, you know, and all kids got this thing about them. I don't believe any kids just go, oh, good, I'm glad you told me what to do. I've just been waiting for direction and instruction. Oh, how I just love mom and dad. Oh, I just can't believe. God gave me such a good thing. They told me to clean my room, and I've been so excited about cleaning my room. Oh, to, to, to go out and sweep the carport. Oh, I'm just so excited about that. That ain't in you, my friend. That ain't in nobody. Because we're born far from that place. But if Christ is dwelling in us, if we're focused on Christ, even though we don't like being told to go sweep the garage, we're going to consider it a blessing because we have blessed parents God gave me. They know what's best for me. They know better than I do. Mm, We should have been shouting on that one because when we get our age, we can look back and see we thought we knew more than mom and dad, and it is obvious that we did not. I'm talking about Christian living. I want it to be well with my kids. God says it can be well with them. So they don't have to go through what I went through because it wasn't well with me. A rebellious child. Amen. Not taught what it means to walk in truth. Taught that I need to go to church. But never taught what it means to walk in the truth. Just a bunch of do's and don'ts all my life. Never pointed to Calvary for victory every day. Never, you know, not blaming anyone. It's my own fault. I accept that. But I also will admit that parents do play a part of whether or not their children can learn to obey and honor their parents in the Lord. Because if we're not living the way we're supposed to be living, we kind of block the way for them being able to obey and honor us in the Lord. Amen. It can all change today, my friend. It can all change today. It's so important. I love it when I see families come into churches like ours and others uh, that bring their families, their kids, so little. That excites me when they're having babies like little Henry being born uh, some nine months or so ago. And I know, man, he's in a place where he's not going to hear anything but the Word of God pointing to the sacrifice of Christ. And that young man, because of mom and dad having their faith there, he's going to grow up in the things of the Lord. It's going to be well with him. The Lord's going to bless him because you know what most places today don't have a clue even of what it means I'm talking about preachers to walk in the truth and if they don't know the congregation can't know and if the congregation don't know mom and dad don't know the kids can't know and they're all just in this vicious cycle yep you're just like your great grandfather yep you're just like your grandfather yep that's his son right there I remember when Curtis was in high school. Nobody's ever said that about Andrew or Noah. Nobody's ever said, yep, just like their daddy because I was living like an idiot. I wasn't raised up being pointed to the cross for victorious living. They have been. Doesn't mean they won't make mistakes, but they know something I didn't know. And it does matter what you know. Because God's not a, 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 just a slot machine and we're not robots. God doesn't pick him out and say, you'll live in victory, but you'll suffer all your... God don't do that. God offers victory to all through the cross. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
And you can start at a young age. The Lord's been impressing on my heart that in the days ahead, we're going to see an influx of kids growing up who moms and dads had rejected the truth. They, they were stuck in these denominations. They were stuck in these places of dead, dried up worship. But their kids are going to come out of all that. Their kids are going to start filling these churches, these places that are preaching the cross. Their kids are going to start looking for what's real because they know what they've been in hadn't been real. Praise God. So, he says that if the children will obey their parents in the Lord, because this is right, if they'll honor their fathers and mothers, which is the first commandment that brings about a promise, and that fruit of that promise is that it may be well with them, and that they will live long on the earth. Now, we're not going to get into a discussion this morning about what it means to live long on the earth. That could mean that they just live uh, beyond their childhood years on up into what age? What is long? The Bible, because the Bible says our lives but a, are but a vapor. So it could mean that we live into a ripe old age like I'm headed to. and uh, Or it could mean that We'll live, these folks are the faithful in Christ Jesus who are going to live forever on the new earth. But it does mean that there is a, listen, get this this morning. It means there is a difference for those that go this way and those that don't. The blessing of the Lord is on the Christian home. It is not on any other home. The blessing of the Lord is in the Christian home who are walking according to the Christian writings that the Holy Spirit gave us. Praise God. Not some book some man wrote, but the book that the Holy Spirit gave us, the Word of God. God wants it to be well with you. God wants it to be well with our children. Here it's obvious God intends on us if we're in His process, His prescribed order of victory and truth and promise, it is His way for us to live longer than the average person. And someone right now might say, well, I know the most evil person I know is 99 years old. Well, I want to tell you this morning that they're going to have a greater judgment on them than most other people because they were given more days than most. And when I see God's Word, I'm not to look out and start looking for what might make this not true. When I see God's Word, if I have a heart for God, if I'm a child of God, then I'm going to receive His instruction whether there's somebody across town that's 190 years old who's drank whiskey every day of their life, smoked dope all their life. I'm not going to look out there at that and say, well, what about them and this right here? I don't know about that, but I know about this. And that's where Christians get caught off guard and pulled into garbage because they begin to look out and the devil says, well, what about that? I'm, listen, if the devil's pointing at something and he's always going to point us away from the Word of God, make us look at something that will appear to make what God said to be a lie. That's what happened the first time the devil showed up. That's what will happen every day the devil shows up in your life is to make you think that God really is not telling you the fullness of the truth. Oh, but he is. He is. So when you read God's Word and you look out and you see something, you have to wonder about that. If God says this, you need to know this. The promises of God are for the children of God. 
who are walking in the promised covenant, the blood of Jesus. They're not just for anybody. They're for believers. And believers are doing just that. They're believing God is right above everything they can see. Everything they see. There is nothing contrary in the Word of God. God didn't get anything wrong. He's perfect. He's without flaw. His Word, as I posted on Facebook this morning, Psalms 119, 140, God's Word is pure. It's pure. You can't find anything wrong with it, but that's what the devil wants to try to get you to believe. You read something, and you know there's long life with these children if they honor their parents. But then I look over, and I see a child five years old with cancer in a Christian home that's dying. Well, what about that? Here's what I'll say to that. I don't know about that, but I know about this. Amen. I'm not trying to put, I'm not trying to evaluate why things aren't working. I'm just going to believe if God said it, it'll work. Hallelujah. See, the devil uses all that stuff to try to get me to doubt God's Word because that's how he steals my faith. My faith comes by hearing, believing God's Word. But if I can look out and see something that makes me go, huh? What, what now? Now, I'm reading this, but, 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 but that... But this, but, uh, but, 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 and that's the work of the devil in my flesh. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I hear. I don't care what I experience. God is still right. He's not changing. I can't explain. Somebody called me on the phone the other day and started trying to just over and over talk about some demonic oppression attack they had that they couldn't explain. And I said, sir, please, I won't give you, and that's what I said, I'm going to give you some good advice. You need to stop talking about what you cannot explain and you need to start looking back at what you can explain. That God loved you so much, He gave His Son for you to die on the cross so you could not only have a mansion in heaven, walk on streets of gold, but that today on this very day, you could find victory over what that is that's hindering you and attacking you because the Holy Spirit will give it to you through faith in the cross. That's what I know. That's what I look at. Praise God. The devil showed up. Eve already had the word of the Lord. We've got the word of the Lord. Eve already had the word of the Lord. The devil showed up and pretty much just told her, you go back and read it in the initial part of Genesis, the devil showed up and pretty much told her God's a liar. God's keeping something from you. He ain't really, that's what the devil said when he told Eve, when she told him, we're told we can't, we can't eat of that tree, we can't even touch it. She added a little bit to it there. And because we do, we'll die. The devil said, you won't die. God, that means God's a liar. The devil told her God's a liar. Because the devil had her looking at the tree and lusting for the tree. And when he told the lie, she saw that. And the Bible says she saw that the tree was good for certain things. And what she did was she let the word of God go. God said this, but now I'm seeing this in a different light. Really, darkness called light. I hope you're getting something this morning. You need to understand, I don't care what's going on out there with anybody else. If God said it, it's true and it'll work for you. It'll work for you. It'll work for you. 
But you, it's not going to be an easy task training your children up in the way they should go, giving them an opportunity to obey you and honor you in the Lord. Not just because you're daddy and mama. In the Lord is where the promise comes in. Kids can obey their parents in the Lord. That means their parents are teaching them the right stuff. Not just Scripture, but the Word of God in truth. That means pointed to Calvary, revealing Jesus. Let me tell you something. When your children are being taught truth, your children are developing the, by the power of the Holy Spirit a love for the Lord in their hearts. And listen, they can't even explain it. We can't explain it fully, but a child, they're being trained up in the way they should go. They don't even know that they're being trained up by the Lord. They don't, they don't even understand it's going on, but they are. They're being trained up in the way they should go. And then when they get out of the house, they just keep walking the way they've been going. They get married, they just keep walking the way they've been walking, watching their parents, Christian, spirit-filled parents. They just keep walking that way. And God says they're not going to depart from it. So if it, you got to wonder, and you got to know, not just wonder, you got to know if your kids are out there and they've just left, you couldn't wait to get out away from you so they could get out of church and get out of everything and just start going out there and doing, bless God, what they want to do. And they're talking about living in sin. That means they've not been trained up in the way they should go. And somebody said, Amen. Praise be to God. That's a hard truth, but that's reality, my friend. Because God said it. And we don't like it because you're trying to put the blame on me. Ding! <laughs> it's an eye-opening experience. Amen. Amen. It gets quiet when, when things, the reality of the Word of God comes about. Amen. It's a, if God has promised, they won't depart from it. And really, kids that just go out there and like that, they've really... If you think about it, they really hadn't had anything to depart from. They just kept living in what they were being raised up in, and it just kept getting worse and worse. Until now, they're ten times what mom and dad were, and their kids will be twenty times what their grandparents will be. And it's a vicious cycle, as I said, round the mountain. And we just learn these phrases, and you know, well, they're just like the kid. You'll, you'll pay for your raising. And we just get stuck in those little slurs that are not biblical. And the Lord wants us to know today, this is true and real home and family teaching. Husbands and wives, children this way to their parents, parents, and it goes right on into, after the verse 4, it says, And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Don't provoke them to wrath. That means don't, don't treat them, don't, don't, don't treat them in a way that's causing them to always... Uh, have wrath, be angry all the time. If we're teaching our children the truth and disciplining them when they won't go the right way, now I don't care what the neighbors don't do to their kids. See, this hasn't got anything to do with across the street. This is you in your house. I know right now stories that I could tell you about children not being disciplined, and then when they get older, they try to discipline them, they call the law on them, the parent gets banned from the house, can't even go back to the house. That's not Christian family. Amen. That's somebody that had a horrendous life throughout their kids being raised and, and praise God for salvation for anybody and, and whatever has been lost and stolen, stolen from us 
by the enemy, we, we can start right now and just start walking in faith and trusting the Lord that there, that, and praying for our kids and grandkids and the Lord can do miraculous things. But I'm telling you, some of the things are missed because we missed it when we had the opportunity. And that's just reality. That's just reality. People who get divorced and then get remarried and they have the Lord saves them and they live beautiful lives. The reality is they, they lost the first one. They'll never get that back. And some things, as, even as Christians, we lose because we didn't do what we were supposed to do and we never can get it back the way it should have been. God can do marvelous and miraculous things, but we're given the way to live in the Word. If we don't do it in rebellion, even if we know to do it and we don't in rebellion, or we just don't flat out don't know, it makes no difference. We will miss out. The kids will miss out. But thank God, God says today is the day of my salvation. If I'm a grandparent that threw all my first 50, 60 years away and I give my life to Christ, you know what? My kids and my grandkids can see Christ in me now and through me now. It makes no difference that I didn't do what I should have done and many things were lost, many promises were forfeited, many blessings were forfeited because we can do that. If you're honest, you'll admit that. God's not going to rewind your life and take you all the way back to when your kids were little. All the blessings that were missed, they were just missed. But God can use you as a witness today. I said he can use you as a witness today. So don't be mad at Brother Curtis thinking, well, Brother Curtis said I missed it, so I, I might as well just keep on. No. Right where you are, if you threw away the opportunity to raise your children in the Lord, you didn't ever give them an opportunity to obey you in the Lord because they didn't have a clue what that meant. Now you got grandchildren. You can be saved today. And if you say, well, bless God, I am saved. You can start living saved if you put your faith back in the cross and your kids, even though they may be mad at you and disgruntled over the way you treated them, they can see now that the power of God has changed your life. Amen. Be sure and tune in next week right here where we'll move on into this sixth and last chapter of the book of Ephesians. We love you. We're praying for you. Please share the message. God bless you.